Hey, it's Chuck, man. And uh, on the line with me, uh, you guys know him as the bass player for the band Tesla, as he has been for many, 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 many years. And, uh, well, he uh, is a producer, and now we can add writer to uh, his credit. I'm talking about uh, Brian Wheat. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Good. Welcome to the program. Um, congratulations on your brand new uh, writing uh, assignment here. This is awesome. It's called Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla. Um, well, obviously the first question, let's, let's jump right into the title here first. Um, it's funny. I, I think, of, I think of the old joke, you know, eh, you must be the son of the milkman. And it had, obviously that had something to do with it. Correct. Well, yeah, because you know, the old joke was, you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're not, I don't know whose kids you are. Yeah. You, you must be the milkman's right, kid. Well, right. Right. That's true. I am the milkman's kid. <laughs> so Yeah. That's me. That's awesome. Um, dude, it's it's very, very, very honest. This is a book that, for people that uh, are soul-searching and things like that, I would really highly suggest this book because you are so honest about a variety of subjects. Obviously, um, there were things that uh, you weren't happy about with yourself, and you got it out, you put it out through writing. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us how that was kind of kick-started, first off. That, that would be my first question to you. How did you decide, you know, this is what I want to do, I want to come out with a very honest book? And, uh, you know, well, what, what really, really kicks it goes it. back. It goes back a ways. So when I was in therapy in 1991 for anxiety and depression, my doctor at the time said, you know, you should consider writing a book one day and it'll help, you know, you let go of these things that you keep inside and it'll be, you know, kind of healing for you. And I went, yeah, yeah, cool. Right on. But at the time, 1991 i'd only made two records so you know why would anyone want to read a book from me you know the (laughs) bass player in in a a band that you know there was hundreds of bands out at the time that you know were doing what we were doing so uh about five years ago it got to the point where i think you know i was like 52 53 years old i guess and i thought well i'm in my 50s now and the band's been together you know, we were at about then we were closing in on 30 years. Um, 2012 was, was 30 year anniversary of when me and Frank started playing. Um, so I just figured, well, maybe now's the time to put out this, this book. And, you know, other people I'd known had put out a book, Phil Collin had put out a book and some other people. And I thought, well, you know, let me take a shot at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started about five years ago. And I started with this guy, Pete Mikowski, and he's in England. He used to write for Sounds Magazine in the late 70s and 80s. And we started on the book. We never quite finished it. But when I started reading it, it, it sounded like I was some kind of, I was an English guy or something. It didn't, <laughs> you know, it had this English tone to it where the book, if you read it now, it's, it's like me speaking to you. Right. It's, you know, so we never really finished it and we kind of just put it on the shelf. And then one day I got up and said, well, maybe if I have someone who knew me, you know, a little better, take a shot at just kind of interviewing me and write, you know, in a chronological fashion. 
And so I started with this guy, Ken Nicholson, who has worked for Tesla since the clubs and had been on tours with me and it's known me even before Tesla made it. So we did, you know, basically he interviewed me and I told the stories and he, he wrote it. Right. So we took that and, you know, I thought it was pretty good. And I, I sent it around to a few people to get some feedback and, you know, see, you know, if this could actually be a book or this side or the other. And uh, my manager, Mike Kobayashi, I sent it to him and he said, look, it's good, but it reads like an interview. It doesn't flow like a book should, like if you're reading a book. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, why don't you try working with Chris Epting, the guy who did Phil's book? Right. So Colin, I said, okay, yeah, well, let me hook up a meeting. And we got together and we had a meeting and, I liked his vibe, and we hit it off. Yeah, he's very, he's one very of the other easy to talk that, to. He's very easy to talk to, which is... Yeah, he's a good listener, yep. that's for sure. Yep. Um, one of the things that Mike said, too, is he's like, you know, when I read this second draft of your book or whatever, you know, you, you talk a lot about Tesla, but you don't really talk about a lot of the things that I know you go through in your life. You know, like my autoimmune disease, which he's seen firsthand, and and your struggles with weight and all this other stuff. Why don't you talk more about that and make your book a little bit different than the average sex, drugs, and rock and roll book? And at that point, I, I had a decision to make whether or not I was going to, you know, do that or just leave it the way it was. And I just went, well, you know what? I can handle it. You know, let me put it all out there. It won't be the first time someone's judged me in my life. <laughs> and, uh, Maybe it'll help somebody, you know, if I talk about some of the things that I go through that maybe they go through, but they're, they don't want to talk about, or maybe if they see this guy in a rock band talking about them, maybe it'll help them want to talk about them and maybe it'll help. So that's how the whole thing came about. It's a very, it's a very noble thought. I mean, you know, it's like putting yourself on the line, you know, use me as you know kind of like a motivator for you for for anything you know with obviously there's a lot of people that have a lot of these similar issues you know depression and weight loss and you know bulimia and things like that they're all you know unfortunately very very big these days um you know anxiety absolutely i don't know anybody that doesn't have that right now but to a certain degree you get to a point in your life and you really you have to get some help and you mentioned you went to therapy and that really kind of kick-started a lot of this and that I'm I'm a full believer in all of that. Um, Again, noble for you on being honest enough to hopefully help somebody else out. Have you gotten a lot of feedback from people about that and saying those exact same things? Have they said, look, you know, because of this book, I've been really, you know, I know it's brand new and everything like that. But, you know, um, have people started to write to you and tell you about, you know, positive feedback? You know, a lot lot of people say I admire you for for sharing that stuff, it took a lot of courage and it's helped me, you know, I suffer from, you know, this, or, you know, I was bulimic or, or this, that, or the other, I am bulimic. So yeah, I think it, 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 it is kind of the message I was hoping to get through to people. I think it is, is, is conveying that way. So it's nice. Uh-huh. 
Well, um, what about your bandmates? Tell me about some of the feedback with them. I mean, have they gotten back well, to you and said about things? Because, you know, you say a lot of very, very personal stuff about your bandmates in the book. Uh, have they gotten back to you and said, hey, dude, you know, this and that, or did you cover things ahead of time and clear it with them first? Not really. I mean, Jeff Keith told me, write whatever you want to write. That's good. That's Jeff. <laughs> Jeff said, it's all true. Write whatever you want. Good. Um, you know, as far as Frank goes, there was one thing. I think I talked about a story in the book about, uh, you know, what he called me over and there's a big boulder of cocaine in the toilet and he was flushing it down the toilet. And I said, don't do that. Give it to me. Um, uh, I asked him about that particular story. Cause I said, look, I don't know if, you know, you want your kids knowing that. And he went, man, my kids know what I did. Leave it in there. Good. Uh, I didn't really ask Troy. But I didn't really say anything bad about Troy. I just said, look, we, you know, we had a lot of falling out, you know, uh, you know, me and Troy had a hard time communicating with each other for a long time. And now we're great. Well, he's been sober for a long time. I know that. Now, was that yeah, a, a that lot of it? One thing I mean, yeah. I talk about, you know, how he was using drugs on those first couple albums and how he was probably the, the biggest user of drugs but I didn't really ask him because I know he's been very honest about his sobriety. So, you know, it's not like I'm telling somebody something they didn't know mm -hmm. or that he would. I mean, he speaks to kids at schools about, you know, yeah, don't stay off drugs. You know, I did this and you don't have to do this and stuff. So I don't I didn't really do anything, really say anything that I thought was something that was so private to somebody that you know it hadn't been out there i mean and you know as far as dave root i didn't say much anything and as far as tommy skeel i said whatever he had said you know in his press wranglings or whatever i yeah. i put out there because you know i didn't really want to talk about him that much anyways i don't like him uh-huh so, I mean, no one really, everyone really knows that the two of us don't mesh and he makes it quite clear, you know. And uh, so I said the least amount I could about him. Oh, good. Well, it, now with that in mind, too, what was absolute, what was the hardest part about writing this book? What was the hardest subject or the hardest chapter, perhaps, maybe? I don't know. I just, I kind of well, want to. I, I, I think, you know, talking about, sticking my finger down my throat and throwing up is was hard yeah. i think about you know saying look you know i'm the illegitimate son of a of the milkman and i was put <laughs> up for adoption and no one wanted me uh you know for a week was kind of hard it's not usual things people put out there yeah. about themselves well yeah that, that goes back to what i was saying about your honesty on this man it's just it's it's very admirable and uh you know it's funny my my sister she's with me now for christmas and she said yeah and you you know all you said about me in the book was you didn't know you had a sixer till, till you were six and then i was away <laughs> in reform school <laughs> I, I went well you were <laughs> <laughs> you know she's like my mom now sure 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 she, she's she's well there's one older than her buddy and you know but i i didn't say it in a bad way it's just you know i just i'm sharing my story that yeah. you know hey look, i didn't even know i had a sister till i was six right how many people can say that yeah you know
you these know? days you never know but uh <laughs> right and then you know I, here's this girl in my life and it's my sister and i'm like you know where'd she come from <laughs> oh well she was away in reform school there's okay. some, there's interesting stories. Everybody's got one, man. Every family's got one and everything like that. But yours... yeah, and then I talk about you know how when I was a kid and and uh, you know I had all these older brothers and you know I'm the youngest. My older brother's 14 years older than me, and they all are like a year apart. And then there's this gap. I think my uh, you know my closest brother's five years to me, mm-hmm. and so I was exposed to a lot of stuff. You know, yep. seeing people smoking dope and you know sex and shit man i was a you know i was walking in on my brother when i was five six years old i'm going shit i want to do that that looks fun <laughs> i'm sure you did in quite a bit more than that you know being a rock and roller yeah, so back I mean, in the day you just get a sense of someone said to me you know brian i like the book because it's like you're sitting in the room talking to me yeah. telling me yeah. your stories yeah. that's the and feeling that's what I've i wanted it to be like i wanted it to be in my voice you know it's funny too brian it, it, I, I say that about all your bandmates as well too i've interviewed jeff i've interviewed you know the guys in your band before and everybody in that band is so honest and you feel like you're talking to an old friend every time I talk to you guys. So, you know, oh, just know that from my from my end anyway, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, obviously in the rock and roll business, there's people that are very unapproachable. You guys have always been very approachable. And this, on top of it, just, you know, it just makes me want to be able to be, you know, a Tesla fan, you know, <laughs> just as I have been, you know. So. Right. I want to thank you, buddy. Um, now. Going back to in terms of the of the band and things like that, obviously there was a lot of couple of different things that were going on besides the drugs and the alcohol and the things like that. I mean, you know, the music changed in around nineteen ninety. You know, there were the bands like Tesla weren't the the type of stuff that people were listening to once, you know, the whole, you know, Seattle thing or whatever came into vogue and people's tastes changed and style and listening and what people were writing about and performing and things like that. And that had to really be a big part of, uh, of this, I would imagine, just kind of kickstarted a lot of the, the depression and the wondering, you know, what the hell am I doing well, or, you know, I was dealing with anxiety before that uh-huh. much before that yeah um but i will tell you that when we put out bust the nut which was 94 i believe right yep um and all of a sudden you know people were telling us our career was over i i it was a, it was pretty discouraging because we had thought we had made this great record you know, our, we thought we had made what was going to be our breakthrough record. And, you know, it, it sold close to 800,000 records, which is nothing to sniff at. Right. These days. But, <laughs> but, but because it didn't do double platinum like yeah. the one before it, and you had these new bands come out that everyone was going crazy over, including our record company, it was a bit uh, discouraging for us. So we were like... Uh, kind of like got kind of kicked to the curb, if you will, in the sense that, you know, my manager said to me point blank, it's over, dude, you know, it's over for you. You know, my manager, Cliff Bernstein, I remember just thinking, wow, how can he say that? Exactly. Not, 
that's not very encouraging. Well, I heard from, then, I heard from everybody that it, it was in that genre back then too was saying, and I'm like, there's no way, no. And you know, I, I, can't, I mean, yeah, you know. it was just it was so nonchalant. Well, your career's over now, and I'm like thinking, well, what did we do wrong? You know, mm-hmm. you know, what did we do? But you know, why is it over? We, you know, you, you they loved us last year. You know, and, and so that was hard. And I think that contributed a lot to the breakup in, in 1995, mm-hmm. you know, and during that, it, it definitely fucked with our psyches, you know? Yeah. Well, and I- then obviously we, we had the problems with Tommy at that time, which we always had problems with Tommy, it seems like. Yeah. But that's when they first started. And, you know, it, it fucked with our psyche and eventually we broke up. And did that lead to a lot of the alcohol abuse, like stepping it well, up a notch and things like last, that? Or? The alcohol abuse was kind of always there. Uh-huh. It got worse as it went on. Yeah. But it certainly led to the, the drugs. So the last year the band was together, I mean, if you were to ask the guys in the band, you know, does Brian do, you know, blow or does he smoke pot or any of that? They say, no, he just, you know, he likes to drink, right? But that last kind of 18 months, you know, when, you know, it's kind of basically laid out to me, look, your career's over and stuff. I started doing drugs. I went, hey, man, you know, I remember there's a story in there where I said I called the band's blow dealer and go, hey, can you bring me over an eight ball? Because, you know, and he's like, well, I've been told to stay away from you that you don't do this stuff and you're, you know, absolutely against it. And when I'm telling you, man, I'm not against to bring me over the eight ball, please. <laughs> so, you know, I think I just got deflated. And yeah. then that started that kind of spiral effect of getting on that slippery slope and, uh, you know, almost losing control of it all. Well, luckily for you, you had music as an outlet, you know, so you started another Mm -hmm. band and then eventually you guys put it together again. And I still, I've said this a hundred times on the air that the Into the Now album is probably the best comeback album that I can think of in rock because it just, it was like you had never gone away, you know, it had the sound Mm -hmm. that, that we, that we loved and the songs had just were better and it was just like a re-energized um version of the band when you guys came back so whatever you did in that break you needed it you know well that break i I tell people the break was good for us at the time it was a real drag but i i think it made us grow as people and it made us appreciate what we have in tesla which is a gift yep you know to be able to do that and all of us connecting on the same wavelength to make this music. Uh, Busting Out, I must, I mean, uh, Into the Now, I must say, was a real high point for the band. Yeah. You know, to- Tommy was back in the band and and we were back together. And, you know, for that three or four year period uh, around, you know, maybe two years before that and two years after it, till things went haywire again with Skio, it was a great point. In the band, in the band, you know, it was, it was a high point. Now, during that particular time, um, you know, I know this is covered in the book. Did you guys up your, or back down on your abuses um, on the road during the well, end of the now time? And during the end of the now time, you know, Tommy started having problems. Again. Right. And but the rest, you know, of, the rest of you guys, though, 
you were well, well, well look at that point we were all still doing whatever right i mean you know we weren't like on some uh, uh, na program i mean troy was sober but the rest of us were still dabbling in you know whatever whether it was i i wasn't doing coke anymore i quit doing coke and all that stuff when i married my second wife because she just wouldn't put up with it but i was still drinking uh-huh. and you know obviously skio was getting way out there again and you know we were all still doing a little bit of this a little bit of that but way more under control and and then when we went out on this tour for for the end of the now tour you know jeff came to me and said hey you know it'd be really nice for tommy if we all stopped drinking and everything to help him with his recovery you know because he had just come back from being in rehab again and I flat out said, fuck them. I'm not stopping drinking. Right. You know, I don't have a problem. I'm not missing shows or causing problems. No. So Jeff said, you know, okay, I understand that, Brian. I can respect that. You know, I just thought I'd put it out there for you. And I said, okay, thank you. Um, and like, you know, it wasn't probably eight hours later, I came back into the dressing room and said, hey, Jeff, you know what? You're right. And you know what? I'm <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'm always preaching, you know, be a team player. I'm gonna I need to be the team player that I preached everyone to be and show some support here. Cause I gotta say, when Troy Laquetta got sober, no one supported that guy. Yeah. Not one guy in that band, myself yeah. included. He's a tough he was guy. He's a on, tough guy, man. He's a tough dude. <laughs> he, he was left on his own with no help. Yeah. If anything, people were like, you know, mocking him. And I and I, you know, I, I feel bad for him and and I've got to apologize to him. You know, he knows because I, 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 I wasn't one of the people that really put it in his face. But there were other members in the group that did. And I thought it was and one of the members. He's not here anymore, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's ironic that the one guy that we did that for didn't show anyone else any respect like we tried to show for him. So you can read between the lines on that one. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Um, um. And then from 2004, we stopped. You know, we said, okay, we don't, from now on, we don't drink or do anything while we're on the road. What you do at home, that's your time. Okay. That's your business. When we get together as the five of us, it's Tesla time. Yep. And, and believe it or not, for 15 years, we've been pretty much able to adhere to that. And you've done it, you know, it's been an amazing ride, too. I, just the directions you guys have gone into, you know, with side projects and then, you know, coming back with this album, Shock, last year. Man, you know, mm-hmm. having your old friend Phil produce it and gave it a, just a little tweak on the sound. And it was awesome. Yeah. You know, it's great. The songs were great. Everything about it was awesome. So I love what's happened since then. And, I've you know, I've followed the band for a long time. And it's mm-hmm. nice for my point of view to read something like this and get a bit more of an understanding on why the band took a maybe a left turn this way or a right turn that way and things like that it's just uh well i mean we we never really plan on anything and we just you know like with the thing with phil it came along the opportunity presented itself we love phil we love you know him as a guy we love working with him we did the one song for the 
mechanical resonance live album save that goodness yep and that turned into well let's make a whole album and we did and it was a little bit different for some of the hardcore hardcore diehard tesla fans some people really enjoyed it some people hated it well then again you've also taken turns too when you did the covers record when they did the reel to reel i loved it because the covers were so spot on but there were others that were like well you know they were too close to the originals and i'm like yeah but who else could have done that you know they just you did a great job with every song and every song i really i I gotta say i really really enjoy the real real records sure that was, you know, again, that was a high point. You know, we were coming yep. off the Tommy, you know, being asked to leave the band. Yep. We were just learning, you know, with Dave, you know, who he was. And he fit in seamlessly as far he as I, as soon as I can hear. Yeah, you know. He's a great guy. Yep, yep. He's a great guitar player. Yep. And really, there's nothing more to say about him. He's just he's just a, a pleasure to be around. And we were in the studio, and we went, okay, cool. And we were, like, playing songs that we grew up on. And it was a good time. We had a good time doing that record. So, a real good time. So that brings me to my next point. Was that the easiest part of this particular book? Was that, like, the easiest part? Or was there something else that um, that we haven't Well, the easy part was, was talking about, you know, probably Dave. Uh-huh. The hardest part is, you know, probably dealing with uh skio yeah in terms of being careful what i say and how i say it but even more so than the personal you know things like the bulimia and the drug addict i mean what would you know i mean I, look i don't care about me man i mean i i put <laughs> it out there and if people want to judge me fucking judge me <laughs> you know what i mean i've been judged my whole life it doesn't yeah. I'm tough, man, and that's what gives me the drive of, of who I am and my personality. Well, it shows, you know, it shows in a lot of things, man, and it really, again, it's 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 a really good read, and it's just a really good, uh, it's a feel-good thing for a lot of people, including myself, when, it, when I see somebody else that has gone through things like this, you know? It's just that, that you can pick yourself up, and you can continue on, and, uh, you know? It's great. I mean, all the things that you've been able to do, you still have your, uh, you still have J Street Recorders, which uh, you've been doing a lot of different bands on there, you know, recording yeah, people. And... Yeah, I still have that. My, my company, J Street Entertainment, which, you know, we develop young bands and try to mentor them and yep. get them to a point where they're ready to, to break onto the scene. Yep. Frank's been and doing the same, man. He's been doing a lot Frank of that does as well. The yep. Same, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And then, you know, I've got my artwork that I've been doing the last couple of years, which I really enjoy. That That's a lot of fun. Now, and, you know, I mean, you know, I miss my guys in Tesla. I miss playing. I miss seeing those guys. Now, have you guys been able to collaborate during the lockdown and things like that via Zoom and write new songs and things like that? Or have you really not explored that part yet? Well, we're the kind of band that we got to be in a room. Yeah. You know, so me being in New York and Troy being in Nashville and Frank and Jeff and Dave being in California and them kind of being an hour away from each other themselves. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, you know, we're not like our our buddies in Leopard. They're making a record right now and they're all over the world. And they're just <laughs> kind of sending it to one central place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boy, they, they made sure made a comeback, man. It was amazing. They're yeah. So, so well. we're not able to really work like that. Uh, you know, we kind of got, we're kind of, I don't know, we're maybe we just a bit more old school or whatever, 
you know, but I think, you know, them guys working with Mutt Lang as much as they have have really made them a lot more open to things as say Tesla and Tesla, I think are probably a little bit more closed minded than Def Leppard. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's probably the difference between the two bands. Yeah. Um, very similar in a lot of ways, but in that way, complete polar opposites. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, it, it, it's, there's, there's worse company you could be around, you know, with people like that, you know, to deal with. And yeah, I love like those that, guys. You know? Yep. Yep. They're great guys. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, Joe actually did the forward for the book too, which is cool. Joe Elliott, the singer for. Jeff yeah. He, you know, I tell everyone he's kind of like my big brother in, in a rock band. So he's very well spoken. I loved it listening to, you know, I'm a DJ. I love listening to him being on the air. I've been trying to line up an interview with him for a while. We just haven't been able to do it because, you know, he lives in Ireland and I'm over here, you know. And so time-wise, it hasn't been. But one of these days, one of these days, he's just got a great speaking voice and he's very articulate. And I love people like that, you know. So, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a good thing. I love the fact that you guys can... Can yeah, hang he's, out a and, good, he's a good boy, old Joey. Well, it's a great read for any of our of our people. Again, it's called "Son of a Milkman: My Crazy Life with Tesla," and from Brian Wheat. And um, man, I'm telling you, I uh, I really, really enjoyed what I've read so far, and looking forward to reading the rest over the holidays. You know, so and you, you're going to be locked down down in uh, in New York area. Yeah, I'm spending the the Christmas and, and New Year's here in New York, and then. Uh, me and Monique and the dogs are going to go to the place in Texas for the winter and and kind of get out of the snow here and stuff and then come back here in the spring. Cool. Well, I hope to uh, hear some some more Tesla music in the near future sometime anyway, you know. You know, it's uh sometimes it doesn't take 4 or 5 years to make a record anymore, so I'm really hoping no. that uh, that you guys can spring some new stuff on us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure awesome. we will. And uh, any any talk like when things open up, maybe doing a book tour, or perhaps. Yeah, sure, all of it. Good, you know, when things go up, I'll do a book tour. Tesla play again. You know, hopefully we can get you know twenty one twenty twenty one will be a, a much better year. Well, if you want to find for more information, I believe it's going to be TeslaTheBand.com Still, is that it? And then yeah, Brian is and, it BrianWheat.com? No, I have a Brian Wheat fan page. I mean, a uh, Facebook uh-huh. and Brian Wheat Instagram. I don't have a, a website. I, I probably should get on one, but well, you know. I haven't had one all these years. I kind of went, well, why bother? You pretty much Google. But, you pretty much Google Brian Wheat or Son of a Milkman. I, I guarantee you're probably either going to be finding a joke page or you'll find your book on one of those. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> Son of a Milkman: My Crazy Life with Tesla. Uh, by Brian Wheat. It's a great read. And, uh, dude, again, we uh, appreciate uh, you phoning in. If, unless there's anything else you want to add, man, um, fire no, away. Just everyone have, a, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And hopefully we all can have a, a, a nice New Year in 2021. And we'll see each other again real soon. Looking forward to that. Amen, brother. Uh, hang on the line just for a second. I'm going to uh, lead out. How about a little uh, into the now from Tesla? Why not? Here we go. It's Junk Man Radio.